You're listening to the Purpose Driven Person Podcast. This podcast is made for leaders unwilling to give up their desires to be purpose driven. Guys, I made this show for a compass for you to have more purpose in leadership through four concepts creation, communication, collaboration, and connection in both business and in life. My name is Matthew Leland Cox. I'm the founder of Never Give Up Youth Healing Center, Never Give Up Wellness Center, and Never Give Up Foundation. You can find me at MatthewLelandCox.com. Are you ready? Well, let's do this. Welcome to the show. I'm Matthew Cox, your host, and this is Purpose Driven Purpose Show. And I started this show about a year ago, and I'm excited. This is second season. We're coming back after a little trip I took down to Africa, and now I'm back on it. And this season, I'm going to be focusing on business and um, why business is so important, what kind of purpose-driven people need to be in business. And if it was easy, everybody would do it. And I'm excited to kick off this season with a certain guy. Um, It's been a good influencer. Um, Just through his books, he's been a mentor. He doesn't know that as reading his books and going through being an entrepreneur. Uh, Before I bring him in, I'm going to kind of just toot his horn a little bit, tell a little bit about him on the back end. It's Mike Payton. Mike Payton has been a award speaker, author, and also entrepreneur and implementer. He's been influenced by a lot of entrepreneurs, has learned tons of stuff, but he's uh, a global ambassador of what's called EOS Worldwide, and we're going to get into that. And Payton's also discovered entrepreneurial system from his own journey as an entrepreneur, trying to take a company from 7 million and getting stuck. And I know a lot of you entrepreneurs listening have been there. And he found this system uh, that led to him from Gina Wickman and went on. And, and, and Peyton has done tons of sessions. And I'm not going to get into it, but the book we're going to really talk about today is called Get a Grip. It's an entrepreneurial fable that he wrote along with Gina Wickman and the visionary. Now, I think, Peyton, welcome to the show. We're going to get in more in detail into this. I'm just excited to have you. So welcome. Yeah, it's great to be here. Thank you, Matthew. I appreciate you having me on. Yeah. So as we get started, as we jump into this and get to work as uh, entrepreneurs are listening or uh, small business owners, um, give them a little background as I kind of probably didn't do it justice, but I was trying to get them kind of to where you came from as an entrepreneur, and then we'll get into EOS and what that is. Yeah. So, you know, starting with my story, I grew up in a a household full of teachers and entrepreneurs. And um, uh, out of college, I worked in bigger organizations, banks uh, for many years. And I found that I loved hanging out with my business owner clients. And I had a lot more than I loved hanging out with other bankers. And and, uh, so I kind of always felt like you know, someday I was going to figure out what I wanted to do when I grew up and, and start my own thing. And uh, I haven't grown up yet, but I have run or helped run uh, for entrepreneurial companies. And in each one of those situations, you know, I very regularly was stuck and frustrated. And so in my fourth opportunity, uh, I got stuck really fast and I was really stuck. And so I was really working hard to, to find something that would help our business and my business partner and I get unstuck. And that's when I discovered Gino Wickman. He had just published the book Traction um, and, uh, and I fell in love with it and haven't looked back since. That was about 14 years ago. So Traction, um, 
was uh, what the one we discovered too when we were starting this journey is it, it was a good book. It really jumped it to that next level. You're like, hey, something's missing here um, when That's you read right. that book. Um, yeah, what, what what I loved about it, Matthew, maybe your experience was different, but I it said a lot of the things that I had always believed in as a business leader trying to learn how to be a good business leader, but it was so complete and so simple and so accessible. I felt like I could make it work in my own business quickly. Whereas all my ideas were just bouncing around in my head, never seeing the light of day. And so that's what I gravitated towards. Maybe you, maybe you felt the same way. Yeah, I, I think I'm I'm the visionary role in my organization. So as a visionary, it like you said, it bounces around in our head. And what US has done is has grounded me as a visionary. It was a tough role to, to at first when we started doing it. I, I had to learn that I couldn't in run, I couldn't go around people. I had to say, okay, what is a visionary role? So it was tough at the beginning. Yeah. Um, but I'm telling you, better life, right? I forgot to read that part. Um, helping businesses have a better business and a better life, right? Um, I'd say within the last, uh, I think we're about two years into it, I've, I have a better life. I can honestly say that. That's great to hear. And that's why Gino gets up every day. That's why I get up every day. There are far too many business owners whose businesses flatline or fail. And there are far too many business owners of the businesses that are running today that aren't living the life they want to live. And, you know, that's a shame. You're working too hard. and You have too much at stake not to feel like you love what you're doing every day and you love the people you're surrounded with. And, and that's a big piece. It's a, I think for us, for you uh, implementers and the worldwide uh, us worldwide, you guys, it's all about the people. I really love the organization that you guys make it about the individual um, not the business and, and the implementers just make it personal. It's really well, neat. You know, when we're talking to a, a, somebody who thinks they might want to be an EOS implementer, you know, the, the first thing we talk about are our core values and the first core value that comes up is, is help first. And, you know, I believe the people who are successful EOS implementers are the kind of people who, if they see an opportunity to help somebody who's struggling they do it regardless of the impact it has on their own lives. And, and so when you have that, this stuff can work and it's fun work, right? The satisfaction of helping someone realize a dream is, uh, you know, it's worth its weight in gold. So, yeah. Let me ask you this, uh, Peyton, you know, you get, you've been teaching uh, entrepreneurs, leaders all over the world. I think it was 135 companies probably increased since then. Um, you, you see all types of leaders, and I run into this a lot. Like you said, um, I get a lot in my industry, people calling and say, hey, I need help. But you have two different types of leaders is one that thinks they know and one that knows what they know, right? And, yeah. and then it, so when I talk to small leaders, oh, my business is too small to run EOS. It's just, we just kind of do whatever. Um, can you speak to that? Does it matter how large or how big the business is? Well, uh, you know, w w there's a, couple of things I'll share with you and answer. That's a simple question with a pretty complex answer. So I'll apologize in advance. So the first thing I would say is, you know, 
Gino and I and all the other professional EOS implementers in the world, we don't believe every company on the planet should be running on EOS. We do know that if you don't have an operating system, a way of running the business that everybody in the organization subscribes to and believes in, it's going to be a lot harder for you to run a great business than if you do have an operating system. So that's the EOS creed. You cannot run a great business on multiple operating systems. You must choose one. EOS was built for a very specific subset of the business owner and leader community. And those are the people who own and run privately held entrepreneurial companies with between 10 and 250 people in them. And that's because they're, what EOS addresses are the common challenges and pain points in those kinds of organizations. A company that's got 10,000 employees and over a billion dollars in revenue has a no, its own set of unusual, unique problems, challenges, obstacles, and opportunities. And a company that's smaller than 10 employees has its own set of unique challenges and companies that aren't privately held have their own set. So, so that's who EOS was built for. Now, are there non-privately held companies or nonprofit organizations running on EOS? You bet. Are there bigger companies and smaller companies running on EOS and getting great value? Yes. But what I'd say to your listener isn't you should run on EOS. It's if you don't have an operating system, you should find the right one for you and give EOS a look. And if it feels like a great fit, move forward. I love that answer because it, it just what you guys really prescribe to is do something and, and don't run around where the arrows are all going different ways. Right? <laughs> That's exactly you got it. You need something to get everybody in the organization on the same page, which um, you know, is, is real easy when there's just one of you and gets exponentially harder with every new person you add. It, it, it's, a, it's amazing. I, I just tell you, I agree with what you said is having an operating system makes life so much easier because you know what, who's going to do what and who owns what. And I think the best part of the U.S. was uh, the, the, you know, the seats. Hey, hey, we don't have just a flow chart. We have an accountability chart. Uh, can you speak to that that a little bit? Because that is a big piece. Yeah, this is, uh, you know, it, this stems from one of the common frustrations of, of entrepreneurs is as their businesses grow and scale, the reason they get stuck and frustrated are, are five common frustrations. And, and common frustration, uh, number one, is people. You're frustrated with people. And sometimes it's your business partner. Sometimes it's your employees or leadership team members. Sometimes it's the vendors that are selling stuff to you. Sometimes it's your customers. Often it's a family member or the person in front of you in traffic that just happens to not be going the speed you think they should be going. And, and so what we've done to help bridge that um, you know, frustrating people problem is create a simple tool that clarifies for everybody in the organization what the company needs from a people standpoint. So who do you need? Um, what skills and experiences do they need to have? And what are, the, what are they accountable for? 
And we put that definition on a tool called the accountability chart, which, as you said, is just an org chart on steroids because it crystallizes what everybody's accountable for. And then we ask our clients to, once they know what they really need and what the ideal structure for their business is, then ask yourself if you have the right people in the right seats in your organization for the ideal structure rather than just hiring people and trying to figure out how to organize the skills that they have to do great work. It just, it, it, it gets icky fast. And, and it's funny you say that because most companies that I've helped, they try to do that. They're, well, hey, we need this. We're going to just hire fast. And you guys use the term hire slow, fire fast, right? Correct. Get the right people in the seats. And I think that's the biggest piece when it comes to that culture is leaders are developed over time, not just, they're just not leaders overnight, right? Yeah. So, yeah, on the culture side, I say, so clarifying what you need from a skills and experience Mm -hmm. standpoint is one thing. The other thing we're helping leaders do is separate how good somebody is at their job from whether or not they fit your culture. Mm. So those are two distinct ideas. Do you fit our culture for an entrepreneur as often? Is this somebody I want to go to war with, be in a foxhole with, celebrate with when we succeed and, and you know, drown our sorrows together when we fail? Do they, do they fit the unique cultural attributes of the company I want to be running? And so once you've clarified what you need somebody to possess from a cultural standpoint using three to seven core values, we also ask you to assess everybody in the company, not just from a job fit standpoint, but from a culture fit standpoint. Mm -hmm. And so once you're doing those two things, it becomes a lot easier as a leader to attract and retain the kind of people that'll take you where you want to go. Until you create that level of clarity in those two areas, it's very, very difficult, no matter how skilled you are as a leader. So, you know, when you say culture, um, a lot of times people, what I usually always say is this, is that they can believe in your culture, but can't execute. They might not have the skills. They might be the best people that believe in the culture, but have a hard time follow through, or they love the culture, love everything, and just don't have any follow-through. Yeah. yeah. Uh, they have it, it, tons of skills and hate the culture. Yeah, and what I did when I was running my uh, entrepreneurial companies is I tended to jam those two ideas together, culture fit mm-hmm. and good at your job. And so what happens is two kinds of issues when you jam those things together. Sometimes you have right people who fit your culture like a glove, but they're in the wrong seat, meaning they're not good enough at a job you need done well to take your company to the next level. And when you have too many of those, you're running an accidental not-for-profit and you run out of capital and money and you can't run a growing, scaling business. When you have right, uh, wrong people in the right seat, These are people who are really good at their jobs. They're hitting their numbers consistently, but they don't fit your culture. Mm. What happens is they're chipping away at your culture in ways you can't even see. And so good people leave because they don't feel appreciated and respected. There's a lot of time and energy wasted 
uh, cleaning up messes and dealing with petty cat fights in the back room. You know, these are the kinds of people like a top salesperson who, you know, pounding his or her own chest every time they sell something. But when they walk through the shop floor, there are supervisors and team leaders with bloody limbs laying all over the place. And neither is good. And so, you know, you, you got to have both is what we say. I love that because that is main key. It's funny you speak the you speak to truth because when I hear that, that's exactly what happens in an organization. You get a you get a leader saying, "No, I'm doing it. I'm doing it," and they're in the back having the cat fights or chipping away at the culture. It's- yeah, and, and in a, in an all candor, you know, I speak the truth because Gino and his work helped me see the truth. Mm-hmm. And, and 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 you know, I'm just like everybody listening to this podcast. I'm the leader and manager who was laying in bed at three o'clock in the morning trying to figure out what I was going to do with my top salesperson who was a cultural train wreck. And, you know, that debate that you have going on in your own head can go on forever if somebody doesn't grab you by the ears and and make you pay attention to this stuff. And that's what Gino and the book Traction did for me. Yeah. And let's jump into the books because I, I sure. think I, I love what you guys did. And, and we're going to focus on Get a Grip because um, this yeah. is one of your babies. And, and so um, I love this book. I give it out like candy. And Thank so, you. Thank and you I very hope, much. And my, my yeah. family thanks you, Matthew. Oh, good. <laughs> it, it's a good book. You guys, I love the way for me as a, uh, if you listen to other podcasts, for me as a short bus kid, I always tease. I, I struggled, uh, you know, focusing. I was that kid that had all the visions and, and school wasn't fun. But this book was really easy to read or listen to. I, re- I listened to it on um, Audible. And I liked how you guys did it in a story way, like a storytelling. Um, yeah, uh, that was part of the strategy. And that one of the things, Gina, we had like four or five reasons for writing the book. And one of the things Gino and I talked about was that, while I think traction is the most engaging and compelling um, sort of how-to business book I've ever read. It's still a how-to business book. How? What are the six key components of a company running on EOS and, and how do you strengthen them is what uh, Traction teaches. And we have a lot of visionary uh, clients who need a story or a video or a Hollywood quality film to stay engaged long enough to learn what we're trying to teach. And quite frankly, I'm one of them. I have a super short attention span. And, um, and so that was one of the motivations for, for writing the book is to tell a story that was compelling enough to keep people engaged. Well, it worked. It kept me engaged. So you did something good. So um, it, yeah, it clicked. I, I honestly, I'll, I hope Gino doesn't hear this, but like get a tr- or traction and those other ones, I, I would get so lost because they're so detailed and, and informational. Yeah. yeah well, was, don't feel bad, Matthew. We okay. talked about this. He said Gino and I both agreed that we have a lot of clients who read the introduction to traction and handed yeah. it to their head of operations or their general manager and said, Hey, do this. So you're not alone. There's no question. Oh yeah. So when I when I got and get a grip, it all clicked. It was like, okay, that's why that's why we do that. And so it was real fun. Um, taking it through the story. And I, when I give the books out, my, my implementer, our implementer gave me some, and then I went and bought some more 
um, to have on hand because I I love that this is so easy. And I hope what I try to do, and maybe you can clarify this, is in this idea of an operating system, uh, what what is your passion? What drives you? You you mentioned it earlier in the podcast, but I, I want you to kind of focus on it. What drives you and Dino to get out of bed every day? Because that's yeah, a driven person. It, it's very simply helping entrepreneurs get what they want from their businesses so they can live their ideal lives, period. Yeah. The reason you start a business in the first place is to live your ideal life. And my father, who was a, a, an entrepreneur, a real estate entrepreneur many years ago, said to me, when you have a job, you can't leave for a couple of weeks to go on vacation to Hawaii or have a business you can't leave to go on vacation, you have a job, not a business, right? You're, you should be able to leave your business for a stretch of time and come back with it working better or the same as it was when you left. And so that we want to free you up to live your ideal lives, period. Yeah, and, and that's, I love that you say that because being an entrepreneur, I've, like you mentioned earlier, I've laid in bed three in the morning, two in the morning. Yeah. I, I go through spurts. I remember going through spurts of, I can't sleep. And I'm like, what's going on? Why am I not sleeping? Because my business is a little different. I'm, I'm dealing with human beings and, and it's 24 seven. And so I get worried because, you know, if your staff are not doing the right thing, it's not just like a production line where you lose a widget. It's, it's a whole different thing. And so I, I finally realized after going through EOS, um, I says, man, I have to trust. If I don't have the right people in the seat, then that's the problem. If I can't leave and take a vacation and trust those that are in the seat, right? Couldn't agree. Couldn't agree more. And there are, you know, five other components that are as important as the people component too. And so that's what Gino obsessed about when he built this system was, how can I provide a set of simple tools and, and, and long time, long held, easily understood concepts that'll help entrepreneurs and their leadership team members solve the most common problems facing a growing business. And that, that's all EOS is. And that's, that's why we like doing the work so much. So part of the U.S. when you're implementing, when you're going into the culture, I know a lot of times what occurs is the culture. Let's talk about culture because as a visionary, mine is the keeper of the culture, making sure that it's it's coming. So I've noticed with what you said, that meshing of it, but a lot of times culture values, a lot of companies don't preach those. They have values. So when I would go speak, how long does it take in an implementation? So here's the question is, what is the length of time for that company to really start absorbing and speaking values? Well, so you, you kind of answered the question when you were setting it up, Matthew, right. in that I believe every company already has a set of cultural norms. And when somebody um, diverges from the right path, it creates a problem. Mm -hmm. Where the difficulty lies is in clarifying exactly what characteristics, attributes, and behaviors me as a new employee to your organization needs to consistently exhibit in order to be on the right side of the cultural norms. Because 
For a manager, if I'm not able to clearly define that, the conversation I've got to have with an employee that I think and everybody else thinks doesn't fit our culture is a really hard conversation. And it usually goes something like this. Hey, Matthew, you got a minute? Yeah, close the door behind you. And now Matthew's sweating and I'm sweating, right? And, and then all you're able to say is, you know, Matthew, you're pretty good at your job. I mean, I don't have any problems with the results you're getting, but there's something about you that just drives me crazy and I can't put my finger on it. Matthew can't fix that when that's the conversation you have. So very quickly, actually, three to six months, my clients, just by taking the time to clarify and be very clear and explicit around what the three to seven core values are, that if you are, you know, a no drama type of person is a common core value. No drama, I've seen five to 10 times in companies, right? We don't make mountains out of molehills. We don't run around, you know, right? So when you define that when you're a no drama type of person, you fit our culture. And when you're constantly running around complaining about how things aren't perfect, you don't. All of a sudden, you've given a leader and a manager the tools to sit Matthew down and say, hey, Matthew, we have five core values. You're really good at these four things, but the no drama thing, ugh, we need to talk about that. And now all of a sudden we're partners and teammates where I can help you notice when you're behaving in a manner that's inconsistent with our core values and our culture and, and coach you up. And if I can't coach you up, what I'm going to end up saying to you is, you know, you should probably be working in an organization where a higher percentage of the people are comfortable with high drama folks because our culture isn't that. I'm not calling the person a bad person. I'm just saying the way you naturally and instinctively behave doesn't really fit here. And so we need to make a change. That's how we get them there. And so long way of answering your initial question, which was how long does it take? Three to six months if you're crystal clear and rigorous about communicating. Yeah, that's huge. And, and if you, again, have the right leaders that are bought in with the, I have the drama wheel up. I don't know if you see that over yeah, there. Yeah, yeah, yeah. spinning drama and I have the drama wheel. Because, yeah. you know, we're spending two to, I think it was 2.5 hours attacking drama every day, right? As leaders and, and getting that buy-in. Um, you know, and this is where I want to go with this is that, um, Peyton, if, 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 if you were to tell an entrepreneur that's sitting on the fence, that's losing sleep right now, and they're listening to this podcast, what would be the advice you'd give them um, at this point? Yeah, I'll, get, I'll give them three things. Now, first of all, most importantly, it is not your lot in life to be miserable. Okay, You deserve to have fun and achieve your vision at the same time. And it's possible. I've seen it thousands of times, okay? Secondly, the fact that you've lost passion for your business is a sign that you're not consistently getting the results you want. And third, I want you to go find an operating system you and your fellow leadership team members can rely on to get back to the point in your business life where you are getting consistently great results and enjoying the ride. And EOS might be 
an operating system that does that for you. So I'd start there and ask your EOS implementer what other operating systems you should look at if it doesn't resonate with you. We're happy to tell you about the stuff we know. We're not experts, but we're happy to let you know we're not the only game in town. But, but if you're not passionate, you got to fix something, and this is a really good place to start. Real quick, on passion, because it's funny you say that. Most entrepreneurs experience a burnout, and they don't realize it. When you say when you're starting to lose passion, what do you mean by that? Yeah, so um, I, I'm a person who, when I'm doing work I love and the alarm goes off, I wish there wasn't a snooze button. Like I'm up and ready to rock. Most days I wake up without the alarm needing to wake me up. I can't wait to get to work and, and tackle whatever problem is in front of me. When somebody walks into my office and knocks, says, hey, you got a minute, and they close the door. I'm actually looking forward to the conversation because, because I think we're going to solve a problem and we're going to be real and raw with one another and you know, I kind of secretly like doing a little ninja business battle all the time. When I've lost passion, I'm, oh, I can't believe I've got to go to the office. Oh, my God. I wish my people were better. That's what I mean by that. You can feel it. There's no entrepreneur on the planet who doesn't know the difference between thrilled about getting out of bed and going to work every day. And oh, it's become a job. That's what I mean. Good intake, because I, I think a lot of entrepreneurs hit those walls and they don't see the signs. They don't really uh, notice it. They just feel the burnout. And, you know, most of the ones I've talked to, uh, it is all about. Now, the cool thing is they can get back to passion if That's they right. put a system there. And yeah, I think the, 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 the root cause of losing passion is that you're sucked into the for, for most founding entrepreneurs is founding entrepreneurs are builders innovators, disruptors, change agents. You know, if I don't get to break through a barrier every couple of days, I feel like I'm standing still, right? Yeah. And so the bigger your organization gets, the few opportunities there are to break through barriers. And in fact, a lot of people on your leadership team start telling you to quit it because the barriers you're breaking through are their day jobs and you're making their lives more difficult, right? And so that's why we all lose passion. And so what we're doing in a lot of entrepreneurial companies is we're freeing visionary founding entrepreneurs up to go break through barriers by ensuring that the day-to-day -day stuff is done the right and best way every time by a team of highly qualified people who fit the company's culture so that you don't have to get sucked into the day-to-day -to, -day to clean up messes and fix things that break and apologize to frustrated customers. Nobody's passionate about that kind of work. And, and, and so, you know, that's why I say it's not your lot in life. There is a fix. Um, please consider finding a fix. Yeah. I laughed a little bit on that because um, as a visionary as breakthroughs and everything, I get told to stop in running. I'm like, that's not an end okay. Yeah. Um, I go, you should be embarrassed if I have to get involved, if it starts breaking down. <laughs> that's, that's exactly right. Yeah. That's that. And, and what I'm, you know, I'm in the process with my co-author Lisa Gonzalez of writing the, uh, a deep dive book about strengthening the process component of your business. Oh, awesome. And so 
what we're asking visionaries to do is engage fully in the process of strengthening the process component so that you can build with your teammates a machine for consistent execution that eliminates the needs for you to get sucked into the day-to-day and then you can feel better about letting go. What I see a lot is a visionary wants to let go before that mechanism has been built. And so then every time you let go, something breaks and you get sucked back into the weeds. And very quickly, you kind of learn that you should never let go, right? So, you know, that is a vortex of hell Yes. If your business becomes a vortex of hell, what's going to happen? It's either going to flatline. Well, we shouldn't grow above a million bucks because it's just too hard. It's going to fail. You're going to keep making promises that the business can't keep. And therefore, your bankers or shareholders or customers are going to bail on you and you're out of business. Or you're going to sell it if you're running a highly successful business and you have the opportunity to sell But then you're going to be sitting here as a young man out of the business you were passionate about or a young woman out of the business you were passionate about wondering what the heck you're going to do next. Now, the good news is you may have several million dollars with which to have those difficult uh, conversations with yourself. But but we think that if you're passionate about the business you started 10 years ago, sure would be cooler if you could run it as the visionary for a long time. And make those decisions based on what you want, not what you feel you need to do because you've lost passion. I love it. Well, Peyton, I know know you're a busy man and we love having you. The last thing I want to ask is uh, you shared that what's coming up new is a new book. So they need to look out for that. Two, two new books, actually, in the, in the near term, later this year, 2021, Gino is publishing a book called The EOS Life. Oh, nice. Which is a tool to teach entrepreneurs how to live their ideal lives. And then the following fall, 2022, this book about strengthening the process component of your business that Lisa and I are writing will come out uh, next year. Awesome. I'm excited for those books. Um, All the stuff you're saying is exactly what I see every day. Um, And you know, new entrepreneurs, you're going to, I feel that all the time where, you know, as a visionary, you're getting used to, okay, is it the right time to let go? Is that system in place? So I'm excited about Lisa in your book because uh, that's a big thing that I've, I've seen in several of my businesses that um, uh, letting go of that. Um, now, if they want to start implementing or get a 90 minute, what do you suggest? Are you still the visionary over worldwide? Yeah, no, I am a full-time EOS implementer myself now. I do support EOS worldwide uh, regularly. I'm, I'm, I'm still engaged uh, from time to time on the kinds of things I enjoy working on. Mm-hmm. Um, but what I'd urge them to do is just go to eosworldwide.com, find a local professional EOS implementer with whom you can spend 90 minutes Get your leadership team together, spend 90 minutes. There's no charge or commitment required for this first session and learn about what a company really running on EOS looks and feels like. Decide whether or not that's something you want. And if so, move forward. If not, look around for another operating system that'll be a better fit. 
And, you know, I, like he says, reach out. I swear the 90 minute session opened up our eyes. I was so excited for it, but I'm going to do something even better. If you comment as we post this, we're going to give you a free book and we're going to send that out to you because it is a book that you need to read. So all you got to do is once this goes live post and tell me something in this show that you took away from that you feel that you could learn as a business owner. And I will send you a free copy of uh, Peyton's book. And, and it's, it's a gift that you will keep giving if you actually take part of it. Uh, Peyton, I'm so grateful for you being on the show. And I hope that as the listeners heard this, as the entrepreneurs, as we go into this new year, after a crazy 2020, that they can have a fruitful and uh, great year 2021 we just got to have positivity and and bring in 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 hard work and bring our businesses up couldn't agree more matthew it was a great pleasure i appreciate your generous offer to your listeners and i want them all to know if they want to reach out to me and have a one-on-one conversation i'm happy to be a resource as well Hey guys, thank you for listening to the Purpose Driven Person podcast. Something I said today resonated with you. Head over to my website. I'd love to give you a free gift to download, but you can also email me at purposedrivenperson at gmail.com. And don't forget to head over to iTunes and leave a five-star review. And remember guys, always continue to push your dreams and never give up. I'll see you next time. Take care.